Hi there, I'm Andrew Looney from Looney Labs, and you are listening to Legends of Tabletop. evening everybody we've got a special uh one-shot call a cthulhu game tonight or or rather a cthulhu invictus game tonight uh, we've got a little bit of a crossover event happening we've got keeper chad with us tonight hey chad how's it going hi thanks for having me on absolutely well thank god this is oscar's idea i have nothing to do with it <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me on oscar <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome chad so we've, we've got Oscar uh, Rios running the Cthulhu Invictus for us tonight. We've also got uh, Oscar's protege, William Adcock, with us tonight. How's it going, Bill? Good. How you doing? Awesome. Doing awesome. I planned on going to bed early tonight and kind of just like crashing out, but here we are playing Cthulhu games, so hell yeah. <laughs> Ch Chad and I plan to go to a coffee house and play Cthulhu Monopoly, and that plan went to hell, so here we are. <laughs> Welcome right, to Plan B better. Podcast. <laughs> the, the, the plan B. I'm liking that. All right. I, I, I guess we'll throw it on the front end here that the, the show was sponsored by uh, Birds of a Feather Coffee. Uh, the convoluted link is in the show notes to try the uh, the legendary brew, where you can also go to uh, tinyurl.com forward slash legendary brew. Oscar is drinking the uh, the night owl blend right now as we speak at like 930 at night. So he's going to be up for the rest of the night, I guess. Huzzah. <laughs> <laughs> up for the up for, I, should, I should probably say Ave. Yeah. So Ave. So I will kick it over to Oscar. We'll we'll get this thing running here and uh let's see what happens. Okay, so we are starting with two returning characters who have played uh one other adventure each, which will be interesting. So uh Chad, tell us in you know, fifty words or less a little bit about your investigator. All right. Oh, and tell them the game. Tell them the adventure you survived. Oh, then Blood and Glory. Blood and Glory. Blood and Glory is the name of it, and uh, it was kind of a kind of a bifurcated scenario, and I barely survived. Squeaked through that as Salvius Horatius, a uh, retired green inspector. He now does a little bit of work on the side as a finder. Uh, basically a uh, Invictus detective type. And um, he is played by Burgess Meredith. I feel like it's important to say that. Uh, <laughs> he's, he is Burgess Meredith from Clash of the Titans. Nice. Okay, and let, let's fill everybody in on what the quote-unquote grain inspector means in Cthulhu Invictus. Oh, sure, we can. Open, uh, <clears throat> open book here. Um, a grain inspector is actually, they're called the frumentari, and the frumentari were used as spies uh, starting about 70 years from the point that we're doing this scenario. And they were, yeah, used at, by the uh, emperor for, for just keeping tabs on the provinces. And so their job as so, so they were they were domestic spies they were spying on roman citizens yes exactly um because <laughs> it's they important had, to make that distinction <laughs> indeed so they had all the um yeah they accounting <laughs> sort of bean counting stuff that uh, uh so that they can do some um <clears throat> i don't know trade forensics but they also uh, there's a little section of the retired Frumentari that are, have gotten together and they are mythos aware, let's say, and uh, have a little network throughout the empire where they do good deeds. And yes, the the, the retired are an official investigator organization of Cthulhu Invictus Seventh Edition. Seventh Edition, and Chad is playing the very first one ever. Well, one of the three, I guess, simul the simultaneous three in that adventure, I suppose. Right. So there's a prequel unpublished to this scenario. <laughs> uh, so that's him. Lucius? 
so Lucius Marius was uh, survived the Clockwork Oracle. Uh, there was a, uh, I guess maybe we won't get into the scenario, but yeah, it was it was it was fairly horrifying. Robot people, maybe, but uh, yeah. So he's <laughs> he's a, a centurion. Uh, you know, he's kind of a you know life is cheap. Uh, you know, sort of guys. You know, been in many combats, so is uh, you know takes his pleasure where he can find it, and uh, you know just kind of keeps on keeping on. And our our new character for tonight is played by William Adcock, my protege, or my executive assistant. I'm playing Tertius Avellinus, a retired free gladiator uh, who has gone into business as a bodyguard. He is absolutely hideous with an appearance of 30. I'm guessing that helmet didn't do him a whole lot of good during his uh, time in the arena. And uh, I'm really trying real hard not to do like the stereotypical Brooklyn hood accent for him, because that's what comes to mind when I look at my sheet. Hey, you be you, Mal. You be you, pal. That, that would work. <laughs> He's a real tough guy. Okay, we're all gonna we're gonna start. This scenario is called the Wayward Shepherdess, and we're going to say that uh, Tertius has been hired by Heredius by mm-hmm. Salvius because Salvius may feel that he needs some extra physical protection these days because of the way the last scenario he survived in ended. Things out there that may come back and bite him one day. Yeah, literally. Which is why I'm making him play the character and not retire him because I want those loose ends to come back. Um, We're going to say that Salvius and Lucius are old friends. Salvius and Lucius know about the mythos and know the other ones know know that the other knows about the mythos. Okay, good. So this is not anything. So you're aware of what we're calling the shadow war um, that's going on in the empire. And Tertius, the retired gladiator, is blissfully unaware of all of this, but he will be educated, no doubt. Um, the you are up early uh, one day. Um, Salvius, I don't believe you live in Rome. I don't. I live in, um, I forget the town that's Florence now. Um, so north okay. of Rome. Lucius, are you a Rome native or, and also are you active duty? I thought he was active duty. Um, I don't know. If he, so he probably wouldn't be in Rome, right? Because he would be out wherever they sent him at any given moment. Right. He may have originally been from Rome. I don't know if we established that last time. I want you to roll your luck. All right. <laughs> no small feet. <laughs> I didn't tell you guys to burn all those points. Oh, I got no eight. Yeah. Okay. You're in no eight. Um, we're going to say that you are stationed usually in the east. Okay. And earlier this year, a illness started running through your legion. Well, that's bad. And they need, and they are almost got it under control. And then a hundred, you know, some guys get sick, and then they've almost got it control. And then some guys get sick, and they needed some dispatches sent back to Rome, some official documents. And one morning, you show up to duty with a runny nose and a cough. Oh man! And they were like, "Let's let's get this fucking guy out of camp <laughs> for a month and That's drop fair. off drop off these dispatches, and you know, take some time by the shore." Get your health straightened up. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> and this, ladies and gentlemen, is how plagues are spread throughout the empire. Um, and sadly, yes, it's usually through the army. Um, so you were sent back to Rome, and it turned out it was like hay fever. Oh, thank God. Like as, Good for as me. Soon as you, yeah, you were, you were literally well on the boat as soon as you got away from whatever was blooming in Syria. <laughs> um, so you're like, well, I got a month off. I'm on medical leave. You, you know, you land, you have some drinks with your old friend who has a new bodyguard. It looks like, you know, a potato. He looks like the gladiator. He looks like the gladiator that lost every match he ever fought and somehow lived. <laughs> um, yeah. So you guys spend a nice night drinking, and um, you know, we're we're going to say that you have rented a room. 
for the three of you to stay. Um, you know, none of you are like really Rome natives. Uh, so you're just kind of staying in a rented room, but you do have contacts and patrons um, and uh, people that call on you. And a runner comes over early in the morning, a young boy, and he's knocking on the innkeeper's door. And you hear the innkeeper yelling, Heradius, is there a Heradius here? Is that the old man with the beard? Wake yes. him up. Yes, 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 yes. We have, we have a dispatch for you. Come down. I'm going to try to shake off my um, not quite hangover. When when you get up, Lucius is already like up in the corner. He's, he's got his gear out. He's he's getting ready. I mean, he's just used to being up early in the morning. So before dawn, usually. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Tertius rolls out of bed with a groan, fumbling for a tunic. It's not a. It's a cheap tunic. Hmm. Uh, we have business. <clears throat> we have business downstairs. Okay, the the dispatch guy is actually a um, young man of about 23. He has one arm. It looks like he his arm from mid-calf, mid-forearm is missing. But he's dressed well in the livery of a, a noble house. And he says, uh, good morning. Uh, are you Salvius Horatius? Salvius, uh, yes. <clears throat> Can we... Uh, uh, he's the guy, or he's the, just come to wake he's us up. He's the messenger. Up. Yeah, he's the messenger. Um, he hands you a uh. a wax tablet, and he says, "I bid you good morning from General Marcus Cornelius Nasica." Mm. And General Cornelius Nasica is is actually fairly famous. He's an old retired general living in Rome who has contacts all over the empire. He's actually commanded legions in Britannia, North mm. Africa, um, Judea, and on, in the east, in uh, Cappadocia, on the Armenian border. So, you know, and you're a client of his. He's helped you out. You've helped him oh. out a few times. Okay, okay. So I'm well aware. So you can show up there and get some money, but He's going to ask for a favor every once in a while. Excellent. And what's his reputation like? What? What? Uh, do I need to be on guard? What's his deal? He's an old. He's a retired old soldier. He still leads a very martial life. He's probably getting close to seventy-five, and he's still in excellent physical shape. They say that his eyes are getting dim, so he's not active. He's no longer active service, of course. But he likes to employ retired soldiers, you know, and keep military men and former military men around him. But uh, it's said that he sends emissaries to every corner of the empire because he gets dispatches every day from every corner of the empire. He has friends from, you know, one side of the empire to the other, and they uh, write him constantly and occasionally they ask for favors. Okay. Would either of us have done work with him before? Sounds like I might have, yeah. I'm yeah. going to say that you have... I'm going to ask... Uh, let's let's see if your luck holds, uh, Lucius. Give me another luck check. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, no, 67. Give me a no roll. All right. Uh, o2. Nice. You know that being becoming friends with this guy... As a young officer, you're a centurion, you're not a legionary, you're an officer. Being friends with this guy could help your career a lot. Duly noted. Sounds like a, sounds like a, <clears throat> we should go and find out. And basically, the wax tablet says, good morning. I'm sorry to wake you up so early. I hope this message finds you well. One of my clients from Radia has come in with an unusual story that I believe requires immediate attention for someone with your special skill set. Bring any like-minded individuals, and I will fund your endeavors. By Mars, we are victorious. General Marcus Cornelius Nasica. And it has, and he's even pressed his seal into the wax tablet. Excellent. I suppose due diligence. Can I just check the seal? Yes. Make a no roll. Uh, 86 sounds like a not knowing. Hang on. Uh, that's correct. I do not know. 
You want to burn 86 points and block? <laughs> That's hilarious. That's really funny that you <laughs> spending the whole time. All right. Okay. Um, you've had a lot to drink. I feel and like I might have lost some money mm-hmm. <laughs> recently. You guys noticed the soldier actually give him stink eye as he like holds the tablet up to examine the, the, the seal. Like the guy's offended. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and he was like, the general is waiting, sir. We have a litter for you. And, yes. Yeah, Lu- Lucius would just say, you know, we, we, we had a long night last night. Uh, you know, he, he means no offense. Uh, he probably just can't see straight. He, you're not in kit, of course. But he looks down at your boots on your bearing. <laughs> and he says, fighting man? Indeed. Uh, recently traveled back from the east. Oh, he says, and he he asks what legion, and you trade, and he shakes your hand, and he said, you know, those are some good fighting guys. I was transferred from the Rhine legions down to Judea, you know. And he's like, you know, well met, sir. Well met. He says, and he says, looks over. He says, will this be one of your like-minded individuals, sir? Yes, indeed. <clears throat> yes. Good. Good. We are well armed. Well, daylight is burning, and uh, my master is waiting. So, if we will. Yes, follow. Let's let's go. Okay, they stick the old man in a litter, and the other two of you will have to walk. But it's not that far, and you know, it's you know, it's ancient Rome. You're used to walk. Yeah. So you get to this villa, where you see a lot of retired soldiers. Mm-hmm. You know, guys who are missing an eye. You know, walking with a cane. Like if somebody got medical, you know, medically discharged and needed a job. A lot of them ended up here, so it's almost like a, a miniature, com, you know, command staff camp in his villa. Um, very few women, you know, but and a lot of them are way older. So like, you know, he doesn't have the usual young serving girls, or you know, it's retired soldiers and and older motherly women. So you you know come into the, you know, he's he's respectfully called the old man the old man's greeting chamber and he comes down and he says uh you know he sees you uh salvius and he comes you know he actually steps down off the chair walks over you know he says you're looking well and he puts both hands on your your shoulders and he's how old are you uh horatius yeah it's 52 so this guy's like 20 years older than you and he's in better shape yeah, well. <laughs> so he's I'll like, you're looking well, and he like pats you on the 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 shoulder. Oh, I live, and, I live hard. Yeah. He says, so I've I've heard that you, I heard you were in town. I was hoping that you would stop by for to join me for dinner. Yes, indeed. Um, very curious. Uh, thank you for uh, says, thinking no, of us. Me. He says, we're not avoid. You're not avoiding me, are you? No, avoiding you, please. <clears throat> so who are all. these fine gentlemen? Oh yes, uh, my companions, <clears throat> who's who I'm looking for lower thirds. <laughs> so Lucius just steps forward and says, uh, "Lucius Marius, at your service." He looks over, and he says, "He looks over, and he squints, and he says, the East, indeed." He says, "You've picked up a bit of their accent." He says, "Who are you serving with, sir?" Flavia Firma, sir, the sixteenth. He says, good unit, good unit. Active? Because he looks you over and you're not wounded. Uh, yes, I was uh, recently sent back. There was a, uh, a sickness that was going through the army and they needed to send word back to Rome. I, I skipped out on the worst of it, I guess. He says, good, good. And he looks over. He's going with you, yes? Looks over at uh, Yavalinus. Tertius or- Avalinus of the arena, sir. Good to meet you. He says, well, you look like the kind of man I'd want at my side. I take uh, that as I need you to compliment. control your status. Or I should say your infamy. Because you're um, technically an infamous. No, that's a 96. Oh, that's special. <laughs> oh, God, that's a critical fail. He says, I've seen you in the arena losing many times. But you're the man that always gets up after he knocks down, so I admire that. 
Thank you, you tell, sir. You can tell that he's just trying to be nice. <laughs> it's not, He's not a very good liar, but he actually attempted. And he says, so if I'm getting ahead of myself that you are, that, you know, I have not even asked you yet, so I apologize for that. But I have something very interesting that's recently arrived from Radia. Excellent, uh, yes. Um, you're not currently engaged, are you? <laughs> not in any way. <clears throat> well, good, good. And uh, Centurion Lucius, if this keeps you longer than your leave, I will write a letter that you were doing a personal favor for me. Oh, so thank you, sir. I don't want you to worry. I have good contacts in the East. I appreciate that. Have you eaten? No, I mean, uh, no, no. Not yet. Probably better that you haven't. Come, uh, our visitor's in the next room. I've kept him. Oh, that's a disappointing answer. <laughs> he says, rest assured you'll have lunch before you leave. Ah, lovely. I'm not going to send a man off without a good, without a, a sturdy breakfast. Good. Yes, let's eat. Let's eat afterwards. And he <clears throat> kind of like nods to one of the ladies and says, uh, "Have the kitchen prepare, a you know, prepare a dinner for these men before the, they'll be leaving shortly, and pack them a week's worth of and a week's worth of supplies from the provisioner." I, I slap you on the back and I say, "I'm sure you've seen worse." So he <laughs> uh, comes in, and you see a guy in a travel cloak and, you know, boots. And he looks road weary, like he's had a long morning, but he's sitting there with a glass of wine on a comfortable couch. So he kind of looks a little out of place. And between his feet is a, a basket. Fresh flowers have been brought into the room. <laughs> like an abundance of fresh flowers have been brought into the room, but it's not quite masking the scent of decay. Ah, uh, the foreshadowing. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I think Lucius already knows what to expect at this point. Like, I, I think a severed head in the basket is probably not an uncommon <coughs> calling card. So yeah. he says, uh, this man, um, I'm sorry. And he says, oh, Sempronius, general. He says, this man, Sempronius, he is a messenger in the service of Vibius Dulius Costa. He served, his father served with him in the East. Um, and he's been a, a his family's been uh, in my in my family's service for generations. He's come with a very interesting problem. He says, "Yes, sir." And uh, I, I hope that you can be a service. He goes, "No doubt, no doubt. These men will tend to you uh, and your needs." He says, "I'm going to go see about your supplies. Your name again?" And he says, "Sempronius, sir. Sempronius, tell them all that you told me, and uh, show them what they need to see." And uh, he actually goes out to tend to other business. And he says, uh, good morning, gentlemen. You've handled this sort of thing before. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. He says, well, let me uh, tell you my tale and why I'm here. We have an estate just north of Veldenena in Raetia, which is modern-day Switzerland. It's uh, pasture lands on the high plateaus, good goat and sheep country. Um, yeah, my master keeps uh, you know several thousand heads. It all started about eight months ago, we think. A shepherdess of ours, a freed woman named Melipa, uh, went missing for two days with her flock um, after a sudden storm had uh, hit the area. We searched, but nothing was found. It was feared that she was possibly washed away in a flash flood with her flock. Because of the heavy rains, we couldn't find any tracks, of course. Then she came back with most of her herd uh, several days later. She was badly hurt, filthy. She had some wounds on her. She explained that she'd been trapped in the mountains after seeking shelter in a cave and that wolves had attacked her and the herd in the night and she'd fought to defend them. And although she'd lost a few sheep, she was trustworthy and everyone believed her story. No one thought anything. Uh, so there was no repercussion for these lost animals. However, shortly after, it became known that she was with child. And uh, no man came forward to be the father, even though uh, there was great pressure in the, in the community to find out who had done this. Um, she claimed to... Uh, there was no... She was evasive on the matter, um, but said that she did not need any protection... 
so the matter was dropped. It was odd because she was a very lovely young girl and had anyone come forward, uh, my master would have, you know, demanded that they marry her. And, you know, she was, she, her family was beloved by my master. That's why she was a freed woman still in his service. She'd been freed as a child after her mother was freed. Um, unfortunately, she died in childbirth just a week ago. Uh, the baby was also dead, but um, he actually appears very uneasy. And then you see him glance over at the basket. It was, it was hideously deformed. Now, my patron wishes a formal investigation to be made to find out uh, what put this thing on his freed woman. Um, he wants to ensure that his lands are not cursed and that proper offerings be made to the proper gods once it can be determined who those gods might be and why they were offended. Mm. Um, and uh, we, I have, I have her child. Mm -hmm. It's in the basket. Yes. And uh, he lifts it up. No boy. And um, as he lifts it up, you can see that there's a stain on the floor under the basket. Yeah. What kind of... And he holds uh, it out to you. Okay, to hold? He, he's handing you the basket. No. Oh, God. All right, I'll take the freaking basket. You and, can uh, smell the, ginger, the decay. I'm sure I can, and I'm holding it away from my body like, a, like it's got a spoiled melon inside it. You know, so if it drips, right, right. I can drip on my clothing. The Lucia steps up next to you to look. I mean, this is, you know, maybe a horribly deformed child, but death is, you know, not something that he's unaccustomed to. So it's part of the investigation. Yeah. Yeah. Morbid curiosity is going to bring Tertius up on the other side. Oh, good. Okay. Let's, let's so all you're, huddle. You surround around the basket. Yep. Get your face in there. Let's do it. Get your dice out. <laughs> <laughs> uh,. <laughs> Uh, 57, so sanity, that fails. Okay. Round Roundly okay. failed. Fail. Okay. The morbidly curious gladiator is like, oh, cool. And you guys, <laughs> <laughs> mercifully, I rolled 1d4, you got a 1. So you guys are off to a lucky start. Um, you lose one point of sand, and you see this one-week-old decayed infant. Now, you know, it is dead. It is rotting. It is, the skin is, you know, gray, black and blue where the blood is settled on its lower, you know, where, how it was laying. You can see why the mother died because it's unusually large. It looks like a baby of possibly three months old. Um, it, it has a coating of hair on its arms, chest, shoulders, legs, um, there's no other way to, to say it. It has very, it has, it, the hair on its head is thick and curly. There are two slight bumps on the sides of its head, like bulges. It, it actually has a bit of a mustache and a goatee. <laughs> oh, man. Uh -oh. Um, it's, it's feet. There's an extra joint between the heel and the toe of the foot. And the toe of the foot there are no toes. It's almost a hard, their only way to describe it would be a hoof. And last and most disturbing is this new, this newborn has a phallus that hangs to its knees. Uh, sure. I think that's what threw Lucius the most. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> It's a good thing for the girls of Rome. He didn't grow up. And, yeah, for sure. Well, let's hope that so, is a, it's a good thing. That's one of the things my master is concerned about. Will there be repercussions from the gods that this child is dead and not alive? I mean, why did she keep it? Um, what put it on her? Uh, we don't know. And is this thing still out there on my master's lands? Mm -hmm. You know, is there? Is this the result of a curse? Are we bewitched? Will there be other babies born? Many people saw the infant. The midwife is not secretive. Old women love to gossip. Yes, the first uh, first order of business is to round up some crones. 
Um, I'm assuming we all agree that uh, a a first possible god that would be involved would be Bacchus. Around my companions, you know what your what your studies are, but uh, this to you me you can all is, roll a cult. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, maybe I've got a base, so an eighteen fails. I'm trying to find it on my sheet. Nope, I fail. I only have five. <laughs> I also fail. I, I see the 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 gods are fickle. I you know it could be any any one of them if they imagine some slight or another to to curse the girl with this malformed child. She it it may have been uh, sired by one of the one of the boys in the village. Hmm. Yes, and also uh, something could have happened during pregnancy to uh, cause a, sort of a scare or something like that. Perhaps she was startled by a goat. This, these things do happen. Well, we're hoping for someone to get to the bottom of this. People are nervous. There are several women with child who have actually left the village. Oh, that's not... Um, and several, and hmm. several of the freed women... Um, are, are you know who are newly married or le- are threatening to leave as well if there's not some sense made of this? No one, you know, it's feared that this may be the first of of many deformed children. Yes, indeed. And where would these women with child have gone? Uh, we didn't keep track, sir. Oh, good. Mm. Have the uh, proper there was sacrifices? A bit of, there was a bit of a panic. We we don't know who to sacrifice to. My master is afraid that if we sacrifice to the wrong god, the right god behind this may be offended, that he feels slighted. We're with we're withholding any sacrifices until some sense can be made. Hmm. Okay. Cause you know, if, if Pluto did this and you sacrifice to Mars, Pluto's gonna be twice as pissed off, and then it's gonna get worse. So we're just erring you know, we're waiting until we have some kind of idea. Would it not be better to sacrifice to everyone so as not to offend anyone? Uh, sir, I've been on the road for two days. Uh, I don't know what's been going on in my absence. Um, I was told to get back as quickly as I can, and you are the you you know your your master uh, Cornelius is the first to take me seriously. I see reason for haste. We should part as soon as we possibly can after breakfast. I would like a little bit of something before we embark, but um, let's... Good then. Well, I have not slept much. Um, I can leave. I can guide you back tomorrow, or if you wish to leave before then, I will meet you. You know, I will see you in the village. Um, He tells you kind of how to get there, gives you a letter of introduction to his master, Um, and he says, I will leave that in your care. Uh, we do not want it back. Oh, we don't want it. Uh, I, I, I hmm. uh, Oh boy. Are, are you gonna... sure you don't? No. <laughs> <laughs> Lucius was just going to ask what they were going to do with it, so I kind of cut off his question. <laughs> I mean, do we really want a burial side up? He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to carry. He doesn't want to carry it around anymore. <laughs> Okay. He's kind of pick up that it's it kind of creeps him out. He uh, he turns to the other two and says, "Should we just take it in the yard and burn it?" I mean, uh, well, if, here's the thing: if, if there really is some uh, force behind it that would be offended, and that force is in the village, and we burn it here. Um, we are safe, but we don't know what the consequences could be. I think that we should carry it back to the village. He he looks at you and he's like, well, if you wish to carry that all the way to the village, I, I will leave it in your care. Make mm-hmm. a, make an idea roll. Everyone or? Everyone. Oh, shit. There goes a the dice. Damn it. Nope, I failed. Success. You think that if it is properly and humanely cremated and the ashes are carried, it would be the same as carrying the body, according to Roman tradition and, and, and burial, funerary rites. Yes. You know, 
yes, you want to be respectful, but it's a rotting corpse. So the you know you feel the gods would understand the need um, to, so to take as, over now. Yeah, right. So long as the remains were were treated with care and respect, and on your person, even if they were ashes, even if they were the the cremated remains, it would still be respectful. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh yes. Uh, well, we can we could indeed burn it and then and then deal with it with respect. Uh, when we get to the village, I do think we should depart as soon as possible. There seems to be some exodus that we want to stanch, if possible. Let's burn it and then get going. So make okay. sure they bring the uh, the priests in to to see over the uh, the cremation so that nothing is missed. Can we get blind priests? Are there is there such a thing as the, a... the general comes in? He doesn't want to doesn't want to enter the room. Yeah. And he waves you guys out because it smells in there. Mm-hmm. And he says, so what are your plans? Uh, do you believe the man? <laughs> it's hard not to. With the- uh, evidence indicates that uh, his story is as true as we can know until we get there. And will you be leaving tonight or in the, this afternoon or this or in the morning? I think that we should leave tonight. Um, above game, can we get there in time? Is that a stupid idea? Are we going to run into... From Italy to Switzerland? Oh, hell, okay. <laughs> it's going to take you a few days. Uh, I think we should depart immediately. There are good roads. Yeah. But, um, no, it's it's a bit of a distance. Yeah. What What is the expected time to take to get there? Would it be like a week, like two weeks? Honestly, on, on Roman roads and... and you're probably well. I don't know, and some some nerd's gonna call me on this, but I'm gonna say four days. Okay, that works. We're going with four days. Sure, because it's about a week dead. He left, you know, like the day or two after the thing died. It's about. I said I've said it's about a week old. So yeah, okay. makes the timeline make sense. Sure. Okay, uh, but I, I think that we should move. We should go right away. Um, does anyone have any contacts in Rome? who we should consult or are we missing any opportunities in Rome? Because I, I feel there's an emergency. So if there's anything that we, we could do, we should do it right away, including the cremation of this body and then depart. That's, so you're cremating it then. Yes. And we I mean, will- yeah, I really do want to find some way to do it without spreading without, you know, swaddle it, um, disguise it. I'll have linens brought in and I'll uh, call for a priest to uh, explain that there's been a miscarriage in my household and we want the baby tended to. It'll be done discreetly. Um, it will take a couple of hours, so you'll have time to uh, venture out if you wish or at least enjoy my hospitality and a good meal. Yes, I, I, I do want to eat. That, that would be good. Just get a little something. So he has, the, he has the linens brought in and he says, when you've got it all cart it out we'll take it out you know when you've got it all bundled up we'll take it out to the garden in the open air and um then you can uh then you can wash up hmm. and uh lunch will be waiting i i think after it's all swaddled and everything and i, I don't know if this is more of a greek thing as opposed to a roman thing Wait, but which which of you are swaddling it oh we're doing it oh. he okay. brought you uh. linen he didn't he didn't <laughs> He brought, they don't want to touch this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. If it is carrying a curse, nobody wants to handle it. That's why yeah. he called you. Fair, fair. I'll wrap it up. Make a luck roll. <laughs> He's the lucky one, though. Oh, that's um, true. Ought seven. Okay. As you are turning it over, you feel like the center of gravity swish on it. And as you turn it over, its head moves and its, its air, its airway kind of extends and fluid just pours out of the mouth. Gross. <laughs> but, a, but a great deal of fluid. Like more than the body should be able to hold. Yes. Great. Does that, uh, seven mean I don't get it on me? It means that you don't get it on you. <laughs> uh, burp the baby. 
did is the priest there already? Because then Lucius would would call the priest and say, yeah. "Is there? Is there? No, he's not. Damn it! Uh, sh- yeah. Should we get? Should we get the priest or an oracle? Maybe there's some sort of uh, auricular uh, situation that's happening with the with the fluid. Uh, can anything be read in this? I mean, they read the entrails." You want to read this this puke splatter? <laughs> uh, wow. We couldn't. I mean, yeah, no, I know. I get you. There are um, augurs. I. <clears throat> I mean, this is not falling under my purview. I'm a I'm a I'm a soldier by trade. I, I just I know that that people put great stock in in. Uh... All right, I'm going to ask uh, because you guys are are uh, you guys the two of you have been around. You know, um, a hard idea roll. You do, or just the two of them? Just the two I of them. I did make a hard idea roll. It's an 11. It I might even it. be. It might you've even seen, be extreme. You've seen a body do that before. Oh, have I? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what and what circumstances would that have been? A recovered drowning victim. Oh, fluid. Well, that's very interesting. My friends, there's no one else around anyway, right? Right. Sotto voce for the drama of it. My friends, this this child was drowned. I suppose that might have been the most humane thing. Um... Yes, it seems uh, perhaps a mercy execution. Well, if the gods were involved, then that certainly would draw their ire, for sure. Indeed. Yeah, there's going to be a very upset father around somewhere. Yes, signs indicate the baby was alive when it was born, which is not what the messenger said. Uh, yeah. Well, they say the mother died in childbirth. Is it possible that she was murdered and the child taken and drown quite possibly i mean is it possible she's not really dead anything's possible you only have what this guy told you and nobody thought to roll insight (laughs) (laughs) we're a little rusty none none of us have played in a while yeah indeed salvius they called you in because you dealt with things like this before that's correct uh indeed what kind of grain inspector are you? Uh, I will. Uh, it's no time for stories. I believe we have uh, some jobs to do here. Uh, there'll be plenty of time later to discuss what I have and have not seen. But right now, I think we need to dispose of the. I mean, <clears throat> respectfully. But the undertaker. Uh, the undertaker arrives. Okay. It is swaddled. It's wrapped up and I'm washing my hands. Right. They actually let you guys all wash up. Um, the the undertakers arrive to perform the child's cremation. And with infant mortality such a high thing, they actually have like the whole set that they need to cremate a child. They have like the, the brazier and the you know, the, the sacred wood and, you know, they'll, it'll take, they said it'll take about four hours, the remains. And, uh, we brought a, a number of urns, which, you know, you may pick from your, you know, it's, it's, everything's being handled by the general. So they say, um, which we're sorry for your loss. Um, which one of you would like to pick the urn? Lucius defers to, uh, uh, Ch- Chad's character, Horatius. Yeah, Horatius uh, yeah. will um, pick the urn, uh, one that is okay. uh, plain. Okay, they're treating it like it's one of your children. One of your children. Sure, and they're trying to like upsell they, they, me. Yeah. Well, no, because they're yeah they're upselling you because they know you're not paying the rich guy is. Oh, that's true. In fact. Sure, why not? I mean, if respect is the issue, then I believe we will be taking the the most bejeweled. Okay, there's this really uh, beautiful uh, dark, you know, dark fired pottery one with a mural of of Pluto accepting the dead. Yeah. 
so yeah, it's about as respectful as you can get, and it's expensive as fuck, but you're not paying, so who cares? Um, so they perform the cremation. You guys are allowed to wash up. Even though it's only the middle of the day, he has his kitchen performs it, you know, offers a full five course dinner. Yes. Well, yes, that would be the the, the, the meal of the day. Mm. Actually, that's also what he is known for. He is known for hosting uh, lavish dinner parties and telling war stories. And lucky for you, it's the middle of the day, so he's busy, so he's not here to tell you war stories. Um, and you just get to enjoy the kitchen. Good. Tertius eats like a horse. Mm. As I say, before before uh, going in, uh, Lucius would have put two coins on the child's eyes before they perform the cremation. Like I said, I don't know if that's more of a Greek thing than a Roman thing, but he 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 was shaking a little bit when they saw it, so he would have he would have done that and kind of lingered as they were preparing before heading in. Not real long, you know, maybe like ten or fifteen minutes, and then he would have joined the rest of the party. That would have been if it's Greek. It's uh, you know, in Syria, you're basically in Greece. So that's true. Yeah. You. Okay. You do that, and um, I would say that that counts as a, a devout action. Hmm. Okay. Fair. Okay. So, um, it's it's a long. You can basically stay here and enjoy this five course dinner until the remains are done. And then at least get outside of Rome and to like the, the a town or two north of here before nightfall to start your trip. Um, if you wish to leave immediately, if you wish to leave tomorrow, that gives you the rest of the evening until sundown to um, do whatever you need to do in Rome. Um, you know, if you wish to just eat the first course. And, and, you know, fill up and say, oh, we're fine and we've got things to do and run out. You can do about mm-hmm. two or three hours worth of investigative stuff before you need to leave. And, you know, it's up to you. Cutting out on a free meal. Mm. Okay, that Especially doesn't sound like me. On, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, an army travels on its stomach, so. Exactly. Um, do you, do either of you really want to do an errand, consult an auger or do something before we leave? Not specifically, I don't think. I mean, if we would have grabbed all of our kit before we came over here, there wouldn't be any reason to go back. We were only renting a room anyway. Yeah. Um, like you said, you know, we're getting a we're getting a free meal and we're going to be on the road for, you know, at least four days, assuming nothing happens. Uh, he would he would be, uh, you know, wanting to stay and, and, you know, enjoy that as much as possible. Exactly. I will consult an auger before we go. Okay. Um, so, do you want to? Cu- are you going to cut out? Um... Yeah, I'll skip dessert to go okay. visit. That's really noble of you, and I do not understand. But uh, you are absolutely <laughs> willing. Uh, you, you know, free. To, okay. Free to go do. Pull your luck and see if it holds. All right. No, ten points over. Ten points over. Okay, the steward, who's the one-armed guy who's kind of in charge of you guys, one of his, his stewards, he goes, um, is there a problem with your meal? Uh, no, not at all. Just very full. Okay, then. Uh, will you be back before they leave? Yes. All right, then. I'll leave a note for the gate guard. Thank you. And that failed roll means that they don't summon Augur to come to the house. Oh. He was actually rich enough to have an augur come here if you would have mentioned that you wanted one. Oh. Well, this, um, you know, it's a, it's a little clandestine mission that you can... Okay, only Abelinus, you, you are out in Rome, and mm-hmm. um, do you, you know, where do you want to go to have these augurs read? Um, how much do you want to spend? Um, I've got like 10 sesterci to my name. So let's put down five. I'm getting a dumb okay. you can you can trek over to the uh Capitoline Hill and 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 they have guys doing auguries outside of the various temples. What temple do you think that you want to go to? Mm, I'm going to go to a temple of Pluto because this is a dead baby situation. Okay, I don't know if they have well they have a that's going to be one of the temples of all the gods. 
Okay. I don't think Pluto has his own temple here, but you go and you're, you know, you want to speak to a priest or you just want to consult an augur because augury and religion are connected, but they're not strongly connected. Augur is kind of like its own thing. Augur is like the internet for the gods. Uh, just go to one. Okay. So you go to an augur outside of the temple of Pluto and um, he's got, you know, they've got, several cages of doves and they said well you know would you like to have your auguries read yes please okay we will watch the movements of the birds after we release them and we will tell you if the actions you are about to take are favorable or unfavorable all right so that's the way auguries work it's kind of like magic eight ball yes or no in your you don't have to tell him but He's gonna read. He's gonna read the auspices with you. What are you thinking in your head? What is your question to the gods? And it's got to be a yes or no question. Am I in over my head with this deformed satyr baby stuff? Am I going okay. to regret taking the job as Salvius's bodyguard? <laughs> I can yes. Answer. You're sorry. Five, <laughs> five for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, yes, make a yes, pow check. Pow check. All right. Oh no, no! I've got a pow of forty-five, and I rolled an eighty-one. Well, it's not a botch. <laughs> okay. Um, he opens the the cage, and in that moment, as the birds begin to exit and about to fly out, a cloud passes over the sun and a shadow falls over the birds and they instinctively think that it's like a hawk or something. So none of them fly into the square that the augur had, uh, you know, assumed they were going to fly through. So none of the birds actually fly through the augur, the, the augur's zone. And he looks down at you and he, he says that um, we don't see this very often. But you're, you're, these are, are foul, dangerous portents. Um, the, the, the path you are on leads to death, whether it's the death of you or someone you care for, we know not. But I would suggest that you perhaps go inside, make an offering, and change your plans. Well, thank you for that. I pay him, and I'm not going to go into the temple. I'm not going to keep okay. my plans. I'm just going to mutter, you know, we are about to die, and head back to... Uh, okay, take one sand point of damage for a foul omen. All right. Ouch. He gets back like an hour and a half, like an hour and a half later, and he's visibly shaken. Uh, yeah. Welcome back. Yeah. You know how they let the doves out and see how they fly? Yeah. Fly. Uh, lovely. Said uh, we should we should change our plans. I believe we will not change our plans. Have you changed your mind, my young friend? Nah, death comes for all of us, one day or another. That's the attitude. You'll make a fine green inspector yet. Lucius leans in close to uh, to you at the table and, and says in your ear, does he know anything about the business that we conduct? I don't think he does. In fact, I'm quite sure, especially given the pale of his face at the moment, given uh, that he's only just seen an omen of what's to come. Maybe we should brief him on the road. I assumed as your bodyguard, you would have already warned him that well, these things would be possible. Mm, I haven't, but maybe that's uh, maybe we tell him in a couple of days. I I just don't think this is the time. Maybe wait till no, the third right day. Here, oh, Sorry. We're, <laughs> it, it's it's I'm take like a, whispering in his ear. Take a listen check. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Dude, I'm right here. Right. <laughs> but it's an aside. <laughs> you made the listen check? I did. 
Yeah, oh, they're they're literally muttering about you. My hearing's not what it used and, to be. And it's like so whispering. I'm whispering and not does, very does well. Does he know anything? Why didn't you tell him? He goes, hey, whatever. It's not it's not time to tell him these terrible things. Uh we'll tell him later when we're safely on our way. Oh, I didn't see you there. <laughs> you tell me on the road and we might be renegotiating my fee. Okay, the general comes in and he says, um, I've got some business to attend to. I will be leaving the uh, domicile for a short time. I don't know if I'll be back by the time you are ready to leave. So here, um, and he hands you a coin purse. This is for traveling in the road. And there are 400 sesterci. The coin, there aren't 400 coins in it. They're, you know, a mix of coins. Yeah. But they come out to 400 sesterci. If you need, if you use all of this, please keep an accounting. Yes. Upon successful completion, I will make sure that you are handsomely compensated. Mm. And you know from the past that handsomely compensated with him could mean enough money to live on for six months. Great. I need not so ask, and it's better, uh, especially with uh, Yavalenus here, that we not get too specific. <laughs> so whatever your character's monthly, you know, yearly uh, starting money is, he will compensate that within like six months of your character starting money. So we'll figure that out at the end. But he yeah. pays basically for however long it takes, he's willing to pay you six months and all expenses beyond 400 now c compared to his other assignments where does this is this exorbitant compared to what i've had before is it no okay no because this, this is you've actually done th worse things for him okay well i don't know how worse this is you don't know how this been. <laughs> on the outset this doesn't seem so bad fair enough <laughs> on the on the on the creepo meter this is like a solid four Wow. Okay. Excellent. Like he's, he's coming to you with a, you know, this is not like trotting out a dead deep one and say, I've got some problem with this fishing boat. You know, it's, it could be worse. Okay. Good. But you don't know what you're going to find. This, this is, this may just be the, the, the tip of, uh, of the iceberg. Yeah, it always is. <laughs> when when he says he's going to leave, then Lucius stands. At, at, I don't want to say he's at attention, but he he stands fairly rigid and and waits for this all to complete. And as he leaves, he uh, performs whatever uh, I don't know if it would be a bow or a salute or whatever would be appropriate to his rank. He and returns. So he returns your salute, and he says. Um, I would like to have you all for dinner upon your return, and I would love to hear about the East. It would be my pleasure to uh, regale you of tales, uh, you know, f from the troops, and uh, and and for us to uh, successfully complete this mission for you. I'm glad that you're service. I'm glad that you're going. My old friend has more lives than a cat, but even a cat only has nine. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him back safely. Indeed, we will. And you, fierce one, best of luck to you. Thank you, sir. I believe he's talking to you, not I. <laughs> he goes, he's like, and he's like, no, no, I got that. <laughs> okay, the, the meal is one of the best you've had. He's very particular. It's like for a soldier and a soldier soldier, you would expect to be eating like very common but for some, you know, somewhere along his career, he picked up a foodie trait. Oh, so it's 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 the only uncharacteristic, unsoldierly thing that he has. Um, he has a very well stocked kitchen. So, um, and he has left you uh, seven days worth of traveling supplies. That includes, you know, watered down, you know, watered down wine, wine concentrate. Um, food that's not going to easily go bad. You guys have a tent. You have, you know, a, a, a camp set, uh, a camp, you know, like to make fire and cook food. And basically you have everything you need to survive in the wilds, I suppose, for about a week. 
but again, if you're traveling the Roman road north through Switzerland, you won't need to use any of that food while you're on the road because you can stop and eat at inns and taverns and stuff. So um, it's just in case. All right. So let me know what you guys are going to do. Right. I think we're going to set off. Yeah. Yeah. Depart but, as soon as possible. Right? Yeah. For the meal, we'll get cleaned up and make sure we have all of our stuff squared away. Okay, you leave Rome, you spend four days on the road. I need everybody to make a luck roll. Tell me if you score a hard success. I did not pass. I got a 100. <laughs> I did better than that. <laughs> I just normal failed. <laughs> okay. Um, the weather is terrible. Thanks to Bill. Um, <laughs> How but I'll assume it was because of it. Because it's the critical, the 100 fail. It's like the roads are muddy. You know, the, some of the roads have like washed out. So um, the the four days it usually would take turns into five. And by the time you get to this village north of Veladina, you're like soaked and exhausted and waterlogged. It's just been a grueling trip north. I mean, literally, you stepped outside of the gates of Rome, and it started to rain. Confirming uh, Tertius's suspicions that this is a doomed expedition. <laughs> right. now, now, I think that would be okay, a beautiful so, backdrop. Bill, I need you to make a sand check now, because you did have the augur tell you not to go, not to do this, and the minute you left, it was four or five days of rain. Uh Extreme success on the sand you roll at least. Okay, you're like you're like the Roman fatalism. It's like whatever it is, it is. I'm not shaken. But but wait, there's but wait, there's more. Because um, <laughs> I do think that on this road trip and with the backdrop of being utterly soaked to the bone and shivering and uncomfortable, that we will fill you in on the fact that there is a war that we call a shadow war. And things are not what they seem. And this, uh, let me just say that this baby that we've seen, if there was a scale of horrors from one to 10, it would be about a four. So um, I do appreciate your service. And I, I believe that if you stay with us, you will find a great cause in fighting the forces of darkness that are among us. So, Bill, do you believe them? <laughs> I might not have if I hadn't seen the goat baby. Yeah, okay. you've been initiated. <laughs> All right. So, All right. here's what I need you to make a sand check. Oh, that was coming. <laughs> 91. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's it's cold, and they're telling you this after you know they're telling you this in a ta in a a inn where you're like you guys are basically wrapped up in your in blankets as your clothes is drying by the fire because you've been out. So you're cold, you're shivering, you feel vulnerable because you, you're just clothed. You know you're two other guys clothed in blankets as you're clothed, and they're telling you about this horrible you know, these horrors in the empire. And it's like, you can't shake it. And you're like, you know, I've almost died five times in the arena earning my freedom, you know, and now I'm stepping into something even possibly worse than that. So you have horrible nightmares, like all night. Okay. Basically, you lose six points of sand. Oh, no. Bro, <laughs> no, I'm but, so sorry. That, that is your first case of mythos-related insanity, which gives you an automatic five points of Cthulhu mythos. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, does that fit, guys? Does that feel like it's valid, or am I, like, reaching? Oh, mechanics-wise? Like yeah. the... Oh, I think, I think it's cool. Yeah, okay. I think it's cool. I mean, if he hadn't done the augury, maybe not, right? Because it would just be like, oh, pfft, yeah, you guys, whatever, your friggin' stories, you know, go. the kid right. was, you know, malformed. But he saw that, went to the augury, had the bad weather, we're, like, huddled in the thing, like, yeah. everything together, yeah. Okay. Also, you're asking for it. <laughs> also, functionally, it's nice to be all on the check. same page. Uh, do I need to make an idea check to see if I go temporarily insane? 
He's six. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna treat it as a night of horrible nightmares, and you guys hear him having these nightmares, and you know, just from the sound of it and your experience, that if you woke him up, he'd probably swing at you. Mm. Like they're that these are like night terrors. So you're like, he's a big fucking guy. We're just gonna let him you sweat know, it out. Sweat it out, and he wakes up and he's shaking, and you see that he has this haunted look in his eye. And he's now a soldier in the Shadow War. You know, he's yeah. a believer. I slept Whether like he a wants baby. to be or not. Slept like a baby. Woke up every two hours screaming for my mother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll bring him tea and comfort and, uh, you know, as much as possible. And, and in a rare, very rare moment of fatherly, uh, um, you know, sort of care. Right. Nice. I was going to make sure he had a cup of ale when he got up, but I guess you beat me to it. <laughs> Squig down the tea and then the ale. <laughs> All right. So after five days, you get to the estate of Julius Costa. And when I say estate, he owns a large tract of land. He has basically there's a his big house and there's a village right near it. And the village is nothing but, uh, you know, farms with sheep and goat and goats and several large warehouses where they make and age cheese. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.